You're listening to Voice Memos, the show about two longtime friends who have informative yet brief discussions about multitudinous topics. If you want to go deep into a topic, this is not the podcast for you. We keep it shallow. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jen and Myron. Look who's back from extended leave. Look who's one minute early. <laughs> oh, is that what this is? One minute early? <laughs> That's what I'm relishing in right now. Uh, hey, you know what? You live your truth. <laughs> Don't get my way. <laughs> Sir, I listened to your podcast last week. Um and I'm not sure if our audience members do this or not, but I was talking back to you the entire time. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is hilarious. I, I think I do that in listening to other podcasts. <laughs> like I could, this is where I could add value. You know how when you see something or, you know, for me watching any sort of housewives, <laughs> I always say, if I was the friend in that group, this is what I would say. <laughs> what would you say if you were the friend in the group Housewives of Salt Lake City? Ooh, ooh, okay, so you talked about I, I watch, okay, I watch this franchise. I watch Miami, OC, Beverly Hills, Atlanta, um, Utah, and I'm probably missing some along the way. I don't watch Potomac. Dallas really sucked, but Okay, I tried Potomac. I just couldn't get into it. And I will tell you, out of all those ones that I've watched, I have never had my mouth drop like it did at the season finale of Salt Lake City. That that was must-see TV. My- <laughs> I was. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, I haven't watched as many of these shows as you, or as many seasons, because I just, Elliot just got me involved like last season or something. But, you know, the little that I've seen, that that final episode, that was a bomb. Like that information was like, holy moly. Bombshell. And they so then you have to wait. So they leave it. And then now the reunion was was broadcasted last night. So I watch it this morning. Um, because they normally just do a two-part housewives. They are doing a three-part reunion for the Housewives of uh, of Utah. And let me tell you, I, okay, first of all, I think I've said this before on our podcast, I have never been in a situation in a group of friends or that I call my friends in which we would escalate the level of voices and drama that I know reality TV has like some, I know that there's the behind the scenes of making it a little juicier than not. So yeah. this one yes. that came up was, I, everybody was shocked. So I liked, I enjoyed that they had something really meaty and all of that jazz. But what I cannot fathom and put my mind around is how these women talk like over each other. There's not even, there's not even a, Hey, let me pause for a minute and hear what you're saying. It is just whose voice can be louder. Right. Whose voice can be louder. So, right. Uh, you know, and, uh, I've noticed some of the form. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I've noticed some of the formula for that, like, like, th- like the few, the few different versions that I've seen, they all do that. They, they all like do they that. Just yell it when they get into conflict, right? That there's no taking turns and having a discussion. It is just each person is yelling, yelling, and it is. I, yeah, I find that. Yeah, you there's know, no rational person in the group. There's nobody that says. Whoa, 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 let's talk for a minute. Tell me how you're you know, feeling. The other part I find is, okay, here's part of the formula. Never. Your internet Never. sucks. There's, Your internet sucks. Not... You keep coming in and out. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what you have to say? <laughs> hey, you know, this is a little sidebar. I was, on the, I, I was on the phone with AT&T today because my internet has been having issues. Oh, yeah, clearly. And yeah, at AT&T did with what, you know, any service company does in America. They say, well, you should buy this from us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your fault because you have the shitty stuff still. <laughs> yes. Buy this, you know, and just do this and do that and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my God. So, yeah, my bad. So when are you getting your new equipment? <laughs> you know, so I was going to say the other formula they have is, okay, they go to a they go exactly. They go to a restaurant or a bar, right? Yep. And I think the bars and restaurant, you know, they make a deal. They say, look, you can film in our restaurant. You have to name the restaurant and your actors or your reality reality people, they have to say exactly what they're ordering, the food and the appetizers and the drinks. Yep. Right? Because they do that on everyone. And then within, I don't know, by the time they get to dessert, everybody's screaming and yelling. And then, and then, and then it's like they're screaming and yelling, and then it's like, okay, let's all go. Like, wait, did you guys even eat? <laughs> so, okay, that's from your podcast. What what else I captured was you talked about. Now we talked about rocking New Year's Eve with Andy Cohen, which I love, and yeah. um, uh, Gloria Vanderbilt's son. Um, I forget uh, his name. Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper. Always good, especially because the year before or two years ago, Andy got really drunk and they didn't want him on the show anymore. But, you know, um, he persevered and he's back on there. And you talked about Adam Levine. Now, I am an Adam Levine fan. I saw Maroon 5. He's always on Howard Stern. He's a really good interview. And you're right. He didn't. He was in the Bahamas wearing some thick ass jean jacket. Think I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> you got to be hot. You're in the Bahamas. No. <laughs> it was it was horrible. And his voice, like you know, they wear microphones in their ears. All performers wear microphones in their ears right. so they can hear the music. So I felt like he had microphones, headsets in his ear so they could hear the music, but he was so out of tune. So it was really disappointing. So I agree yeah, with you yeah, on that. Yeah, you know what? I, and I think that's one of those public performance deals where if you start off in the wrong key, you're done. You're like, done. Okay. Sir, let me tell you a story. Since we're on this subject and I don't mind embarrassing myself. So I'm the occasional singer. Now I'm born and raised in Wisconsin and you know, karaoke back in the day was the thing to make your life shine, you know, and I had some friends that were in a band and they were performing at this 
rock stage at Summerfest. Now, Summerfest in Wisconsin is on the lakefront, downtown Milwaukee. It is about a million people come through in the 10 days I think it's open. They have different stages. So you pay one ticket and you get in and you get all these different stages like the rock band, the jazz bands, and you can listen to all that okay. music for free. And they have one big stage in which you have to pay. So like it, say it's Taylor Swift comes, you're not seeing her for free, you have to pay extra. So my friends are a little rock band and not rock like heavy metal, just let's just call it 80s band, right? Big hair. Yeah. And yeah. we, I would be singing this song because I bartended at this bowling alley and I met these guys and we would all be singing. And one day they said, hey, we would like you to sing this song, which is Mr. Biggs to be with you. Now look it up at another time. And okay. you know what? It's still catchy. Um, yep. So we, I say, really? Like Summerfest rock stage? Now it's two o'clock in the afternoon. So it's not like there's 30,000 people there, but there's a handful of people. Now, mind you, I've never performed with a band in my life, ever. Like I've never got on stage and had a, a band next to me. I've never, like, I don't know anything about hearing the music. Like, I don't even know lyrics. Like, I know this song like the back of my hand because I've sang it at karaoke. They played it at the bar, that at the bowling alley. So I'd always sing to it. So I, I consider myself a good singer. So I get on this big stage. It's July yeah. 4th and I'm on this big stage. And before we go out, I, I realized that this is pretty big. Like I can barely hear the music like we were practicing. So I tell the lead guitarist, I said, hey, I can't hear when the second verse comes in. So can you nod and nod and let me know? I'll look at you. So I'm singing, I'm up there feeling myself. And I go to look at him and he's nodding. So I go right to the verse. Well, lo and behold, this motherfucker nods his head the entire time. Like it's not specific to... I asked him to nod. He nods as he plays, which, which literally made me fuck up the whole song. I I stopped. I stared in the audience like a deer in headlights. And my, my parents will say at first they were all so proud. And then when I screwed up, they pretended they didn't know. <laughs> so... As a performer who got a, as a performer who's been on stage, I know that it could be a little. <laughs> I know, so I'm defending Adam Levine. <laughs> the guitarist, the guitarist, his nickname is Nod. <laughs> I was so mad. So yes, performance. Like I get, and that it was a small. Maybe there's a couple hundred people there, but I'll tell you, I. So now anytime I see a famous person sort of screw up a little bit on stage, I'm like, man, same, same. Like man. I have, like I have something in common. <laughs> yeah, that is hilarious. You know what? I, I heard an interview with um, this lady I have a crush on, Idina Menzel. And okay. she is the lady, she was in the original Rent on Broadway. And she's the lady who sings the famous Let It Go from the Frozen movie. Oh, okay. Right. She hits those those fucking notes. Like she sings soprano. She just has a powerful voice. And so she's a she's a stage actor mainly. So she sings on stage, but she's been in a bunch of movies. But anyway, so she was, you know, when that when that song was all you know, all the rage, she I don't know if it was the Today show or it was some show 
that she sang it. And a couple, one of those big notes at the end, she didn't hit the note. And so she was being interviewed afterwards. And she was like, you know, it was like a, a few days later or something. They were like, oh, you hit the internet because you didn't, you know, it was all across the internet. You didn't hit the notes or something like that. And she said, let me tell you something. <laughs> I've sang that song 2,000 times. <laughs> she said, and I hit that note. I hit those notes probably you know, 1,990 times. It's going to be 10 times I don't hit it. It's the same thing on Broadway. You sing four nights, you sing two shows a night, four or five nights a week. Sometimes you don't hit the note. And it's too fucking bad. You got to just go to the next day. Like, leave me off. <laughs> same. Like, you look at her and I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> so... Crazy because you know we're talking about famous people and Adam Levine and um I don't know if you have, you had a couple other things in the podcast. One was Cat Stevens and stealing, you know, um taking other people's plagiarizing other people's oh yeah plagiarizing jokes. So you talked about that a little bit. Um and then you talked. I forgot what else you talked about that that stood out. It'll come to me, but yeah. on the famous line. I don't know if you watched the Golden Globes. I did watch the Golden Globes. Okay, so now I'm getting a man's perspective, and then I'll give you a woman's perspective on okay. on on um, Joe. Co what is it? What is he? Joe Coy. Joe. Joe. Yeah. Joe. Joe Coy. Yeah. Yes. What? Okay, so there was a lot of, you know, he doesn't write all the jokes, as we know. Like, he, there's some writers for that. Um, what was your perspective on how he did? You know, um, it's hard being a stand-up comedian, yeah. right? It's hard being a stand-up comedian, A. And in listening to comedians talk about being comedians or being on stage and talk about comedy, one thing I've learned from them is sometimes you bomb yeah like yeah. sometimes you bomb enjoy joe coy joe coy bombed like yeah. he could blame it on the writers which which the experienced comedians say do not do right yeah. you can blame it on the writers you can blame it on your delivery you can blame it on the audience but ultimately you're the comedian on stage yeah and he just bombed he bombed and you know it's, it's funny you ask that question because because I watched him, I thought, oh, he was sort of cringy, right? And so then I thought, well, I don't really know this comedian. So, because then I started thinking, well, maybe I just don't get his humor. Yeah. Like, maybe he, maybe he is, I mean, he's, he's on stage. He, he has to have done something to get on stage. And so I went to TikTok. And I went to Filipino TikTok. Because he's Filipino. Or at least he's half Filipino, from what I yeah. understand. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And Filipino TikTok was roasting him. <laughs> Say less. Because <laughs> you know what? Because you know what? Sometimes, sometimes in this world, you got to go to the people, you know. <laughs> in the old people, I want to know what his old people would say. <laughs> that is so funny because I would, I would, his and old so, people would say. Right, they couldn't stand, and so, and so I was digging around to try to find out like why, because I don't understand this. I didn't really get his 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 
comedy, but apparently in his shows, and he's gotten some criticism from this about his his shows that he, like a lot of comedians, you make fun of your own people. Like black people make fun of black people, white people make fun of black people, or white people and Asian, different branches of the Asian diaspora make fun of their own groups, right? And so he makes fun of Filipino accents. And I guess, you know, some Filipino people have not been happy about that. And I don't know if it's because he's mixed or like what the deal is, but he's had some some pushback his own people. And so him Filipino TikTok, there were people happy that he finally got what he what they thought was coming to him. I thought that was a really interesting. It was really interesting. And okay, so the uh, I thought was that it was it, it bombed. And it was two jokes that was really ugly, where he said they were going to work people like Oppenheimer was about scientists and smart people and such and such going up against a movie about Barbie was about a doll with big boobs. And I thought, oh, that that just didn't land right. Wasn't the best joke. That that, that wasn't that wasn't a good joke. Yeah. No, no. And and because the movie wasn't about that, like it was a really good it was a really good movie and they didn't. You know, it it wasn't a, a movie about a doll with big boobs, so that was really bad. And then this really dumb joke about um, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift or something like that. Like, I don't think that was offensive. It was just really lame. Like, it just it just didn't hit because that's such old news, and that was sort of like a joke that a new comedian would make. And for with his experience. He, it should have been, he, he could have had better material. And you know what? And he said, look, I just got this gig 10 days ago. And I'm, gonna, I'm like, okay, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So like you talking about your time on stage so that you could turn it to Maroon 6 and Maroon 5, you know, I, I've been on stage. I've been on stage to have to get an audience attention. And, you know, when you have a script, you got to go by it. You have to feel if that's not working and this is your shot, then you know what? You better damn well go off script and you make that audience, you know, you get that audience under control. And he didn't do that. It's great. Yeah, I was, you, you know, that's a good perspective. I, I align with most of that. I what, I, what I find crazy, and I probably have to go back in the old Rolodex, but I felt like Harvey Weinstein didn't get as much criticism as Joe Coy. <laughs> like, like they were like cancel Joe Joe Coy cancel Joe Coy and I thought God damn like I don't even remember Harvey Weinstein getting this much criticism so I don't know I mean right yeah it's, I think yeah it's just joke, a, yeah and it's just a it's just a stand up hosting gig like it's yeah. not that it shouldn't be that big a deal like I don't know why this is the thing like this is first world problems right like we this is yes. you you have so much time to criticize how a comedian is presenting jokes to a room full of actors. Like, let's not forget that. A room full of actors and singers who are always on stage, who probably always have bombed on some level. Like, I, I just thought that it was like, damn, like support your own, you know, whether it's- You know what, and you know, you know what, that's that's a great point because I have this friend who I follow on Facebook, um, I used to work with, and he's a stand-up comedian now. Oh. And so I also want to look at his perspective and his perspective, you know, he was guy, you know, he was he was like Joe Coy wasn't as bad as people were making out. And he said they were a really bad audience and that, you know, that they're 
they believe that they're the elite of the elite of Hollywood because they're there right then. And they typically don't want to be the butts of the jokes, but really they're always the butts of the joke. You have to be the butts of the joke. And so, and so I, I didn't think of that perspective. And then, you know what, you just said something really important. They're actors. Why don't they act like he's funny? Right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh, so you're not getting paid to act? But yeah, like right. You can't act for a two-hour show that's celebrating all your dumpy movies. <laughs> and you know, this year it's it's funny because they had the what was it like the cinematic or cinematic box yeah. office achievement, which I I don't know if that's yes. new or not. They just added that because of the, you know, there's been just so much um, backlash since forever. But really, these last these last five, it started probably with the Lord of the Rings movies that did win some, but not best. And all these Marvel movies made so much money, and you know, some of those movies, movies, but they just won award. You know, science fiction or superhero or sometimes even comedy movies. You know, they just they over award drama period pieces and that kind of crap you know so they just added look if, if you are about this smash you know around the world you should get some recognition so that's why they added that that's good i mean and and i know barbie took the took the win on that and um i'm happy to see yeah. that like like when you're when you're bringing in that much money it's it's crazy because I watch a lot of TV, as we both know, because we talk about that often. Um, mm -hmm. And I, you know, through each of the through each of the um, categories, you know, I watched a lot of it. I will say some of like the movies or whatever that were up, or I don't even know, like I can't even remember, uh, like like Maestro, Past Lives, The Zone of Interest. Like there was so many movies that. First of all, I never heard of, and which is kind of sad. So I don't even know where to see those. But then I realized I do watch a lot of TV because of all the TV series. I knew almost all of those shows. You know what's funny about the movies? Or it's not even funny, it's frustrating. They will release some movies. Um, of course, this is January. So they would have released a couple of those movies in December and in January. And only to critics or only in like New York or LA, no one's even seen them. And then they oh. win awards. And then they win awards. It's like, you know, how fair is that? Like, just because your movie is small and artsy and you know, maybe it has some black and white in it or something, is like, you know, some of those movies are boring as hell. And they, you know, they win an award, but then you have a movie like, like you were talking about, like this Barbie movie that made a ton of money and people saw it and people liked it. And, and up until, So this year, they wouldn't recognize those kind of movies. But you know what? It's almost like with pop music. You know, pop is is short for popular. Just because something is popular don't mean it's bad. That's true. Bad. Like, there's a reason that people like pop. More people like pop music. Because, like, it doesn't have to change the world. But people enjoy it. So why not recognize it? But you, know, you get these critics and these haughty people. Doesn't popular. Po yeah, popular means pop. <laughs> That means that's what people are listening to. But you know what? I was super happy because 
the the bear one for comedy but they were up against like i think ted lasso abbott elementary jury duty was yeah. a really funny show um, yeah that, they had to push through yeah they had to put only murders in the building and barry like those are really good i watch all the i tried barry could not get into it although the concept is really good i couldn't i'm not a big fan of that actor that plays him but um and you know all the the limited tv series uh beef one um, Barbie yeah. won for Cinematata, uh, and Sarah snuck on Succession, so she won. Like a lot of good stuff where I watch, where I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see that. I yeah, can see that. So yeah, like good. the TV, like the TV stuff. I was like, oh, this is good stuff. Like the shows that we talked about, like they're right, they're right there in the mix. And that Succession won a lot. You're right, that one, that one got a lot of awards. I've never watched Succession, but people seem to love it, and um, it, it was really cool to see the TV version. Like, I, I like this. So the movie stuff, you go, well, you know, movies are sort of weird how they how they award them. But the TV stuff, it was good to see those regular TV shows that we talked about win the awards. I, yeah. I was good with that. We should be working for the Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. It was, and I thought everybody looked pretty good uh, from their outfits to, um, yeah, I just thought everybody looked a little classier this year. I thought Jen Aniston could have used a necklace with her dress, but you know mm. what? Everybody looked good. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I, I love the red carpet, and um, and I, I like when it's like there's no conflict. They just come out and they just say, "Look, here's what I'm wearing," you know, my dress, my shoes, because the guys are usually pretty boring. You know, most ninety nine percent of guys are just in a a, a black suit or tuxedo. Yep. Right. And every now and then you have one guy stands out and something a little different. But the women really have you know, all the creativity goes into the women's dresses. Right. The dresses, the accessories, like you're talking about, the, the jewelry. And there was this one lady and I can't think of her name right now, but her dress, I think it was Jillian Anderson. I think that's who it was. Oh. And her dress, it was sort of off. It was what? Off white. And oh. if you looked at the fine detail of the um. Her dress, it was off-white. And if you looked at the detail, like close-up of her dress, um, the texture that was in it, it was it was textures of vaginas. Stop it. <laughs> and it was really, it was really pretty. Like you just you have to just focus in and go, wait a minute, what is that? What are those little designs? That's what it was. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty cool dress. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Yeah. She has a better. I haven't seen her in anything. Oh yeah. Cause she had that purse. I was like, why is she bringing a red purse? Like it's a circle, but I didn't even zoom in on the dress. That's yes, funny. Yes. That's funny yes. 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 Really, really, really good stuff. You think about here we are at the golden globes and you and I've had some discussion this week. Just uh, of course, well, we, we can always talk about Gaza and Israel and we can always talk about the, the wars happening in Yemen to Syria, all of that. Um, but there's, of course, again, as we reflect on the wars happening within our own country, specifically what happened to President Biden at that church um, in uh, South Carolina. South Carolina, yes. I almost said North Carolina. Um, mm -hmm. And how here we talk about having a ceasefire. They come into, now he was at that church to recognize the victims of that mass shooter. Yes. So he was at he was at the church called um, Mother Emanuel African Methodist Church in um, I think it's Charlotte, North uh, South Carolina. 
And it's the anniversary, the sad anniversary of when Dylan, I think his name was Dylan Roof, he went into that that church and said he was confused and, and the church members were having a Bible study. And he sat in the Bible study for an hour or so because uh, they welcomed a man, young white man. And after they finished praying and having a Bible study, he took out his AR-15 and killed them all. And um, so President Biden was there, the anniversary of that. And um, be because he's a president, there are a lot of uh, photographers and all this kind of stuff there. And the church, sensing that, you know, we have these protesters going around the country, they said, because they're a church, they said, look, if you want to protest, protest outside the church. The president's going to be here. We're going to respect black people. What black people call, we're going to respect the sanctuary. But some people got in, and when President Biden was speaking, they started um, interrupting his speech and saying, free Gaza, free Gaza, and this kind of stuff. And President Biden, you know, um, the audience uh, got, um, I would say some people got, well, actually, some of the audience members who, because some of the people, there were a couple of people who survived the shooting a few years ago. It was when President Obama was president. And they were saying that it was, they were experiencing PS, PTSD because you see a white man stand up in your black church mm. on the anniversary of a white man killing people in that black church. Now he's standing up screaming at the president. That's a, that's a lot of trauma, right? That's a lot of trauma. And so the, the crowd, the ushers escorted them out. It was like three of them. It was two, it was two white guys and a black and a black lady, a young black woman. And they escorted them out. And then president Obama said, look, I understand people are upset about this war. I'm doing everything I can. And some things I, can talk about some things I can't. We want Gaza to have, you know, secure, safe country or Palestine to be secure and safe and Gaza to be secure and safe and work with the Israelis to, you know, make this happen. I can't talk about everything. And then, you know, the black people in the church, you know, applaud. And they started saying four more years, four more years. And then one lady spoke up very loudly and said, President Biden, you're, you're a good man. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot to unpack with this. Mm. And if we if we just go to American history, I talked about this. I've written about this. That, and this is this be hard for some people to hear, but this this is our history tells says that this is the truth. That white American Christians do not believe that Black American Christians are really Christians. They don't believe it. Now you go, well, how can how can that be? Well, in the History of America, um, white Christian white Christians are the ones that put slavery in place, right? And and white Christians are the ones that upheld segregation and Jim Crow for 150 years. And white Christians attacked the Capitol a couple years ago. White Christians are the Ku Klux Klan, right? White, mm. white Christians are Hitler, right? In Germany, those are Christian people. And and so in America, we 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 understand Protestants and Catholics being at war in Europe for hundreds of years, right? We understand that. But in America, we don't deal with the fact that we have a religious war in this 
country. And we always have. We we just say race, but it's also religion. And it's white Christians versus black Christians. Do not, white Christians do not respect black Christians. And I'll tell you some other ways. Not just the big historical stuff, right? During the civil rights movement, um, black churches were bombed. White Christians bombed black churches. There's a great, there's a lot of stories. There's a great documentary that Spike Lee made, Four Little Black Girls where they bombed Ebenezer Baptist Church and killed four little black girls. White Christians bombed black churches, right? White Christians said, no matter how often President Obama said he was Christian, white Christians said, no, you're not. But these same white Christians say, Donald Trump, who has never been religious in his life, they say he is Christian, he is sent by God. And so to have, and, and that, 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 that Dylan Roof that went to that black church and killed those black Christians, Right? They killed him. He killed him. With AR, white Christians did not speak up and say, you shouldn't be doing this. And so to have these you know, white people show up in this black church, right? And and it it is a it is it is in black people's DNA. You have a reaction to that. It is those churches. And, you know, and I look, I'm hard on I'm hard on churches. I'm hard on religions, churches, the whole deal. But those churches to black people are hollow ground. And to show up there and do that. And I started checking out. Like, well, what, what were white people saying about it? White Christians say, so what? It doesn't matter. So what? And none, none of those people go protest white evangelical, white mega churches, white Catholic white Southern Baptist, they don't go protest those churches. And those are the churches with the money that's influencing the politicians that's making the wars and making the decisions that they don't like. It's their parents and grandparents' churches. It's not black churches. Black churches don't have that kind of power. But they show up at our churches and protest and do these things and bomb them or whatever. And synagogues, I don't want to leave that out, and synagogues, because they don't believe that black Christians are really Christian. They don't respect it at all. And if you think, Jennifer, you just think, wait a minute. Like you see these commercials, you know, do you want to go to heaven? Are you going to heaven? You know, these mega churches, Joel Osteen and all these kind of people, you know, these the, the Mormons got hundreds of billions of dollars. None of those people spoke out. None of them. They, they don't care. It, it doesn't matter to them. Like it doesn't matter to them. And so and so it is something that's not talked about enough in America that that white Christians pray for prosperity, that they pray for guns, they pray for you know a strong military, a strong patriotism, strong, you know, USA, USA. And you know what black Christians pray for? They pray for deliverance and safety from white Christians. The same God, in theory, the same God. The same God. And that is some batshit crazy stuff. It's batshit crazy stuff. And if you go, look, you could go even deeper. Our racial problems, right? Race, if we have race riots, cop shootings, like I was talking about the, the January 6th, these are white Christians. QAnon, white Christians. Man, I, right. hiding under the, the Republican Party is something like 90%. And, it, and, and these are the same people saying, don't let immigrants into the, into the country. Ban abortion. 
you know, ban health care, ban school lunches for kids, you know, um, don't, don't, don't forgive student loans. Don't, um, don't raise the minimum wage or the age of working. Allow child marriage, underage child marriage in something like 30 states. These are white Christians. These are white Christians. And because they have, they wield so much power in this country, you know, they don't get called out for it. They don't get called out for it. But so they go all the way back to that. So President Biden was there. They handled that situation. And in checking online, and, you know, I said this to you, that it is infuriating. It's infuriating. And I'm going to tell you what it does. What it does is, and it's just what you saw in that, in that church that day. And they start saying, four more years, four more years. And President Biden, you're a good man. It harms their movement, but it drives, it's going to drive higher turnout for President Biden, particularly among black people. Like, we don't always have to agree. Like, Mike, I, I got, I, black Christians are conservative, right? They're conservative. They are, you know, they tend to be homophobic. They, 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 they don't like um, what they call worldly things. You know, the, the sense, the sense stuff that America reads, like gambling, you know, sex outside of marriage. They are just as conservative as white Christians. But you know what? But they know they know white Christians are Republican and Republican. People don't like to hear, it, but they're racist. They don't like black Christians, don't like black people, period. So black Christians vote Democrat because they know hey, it prote it's protection, but it helps more people. Versus Republicans who work to harm people. So it just, all that stuff that, that these protesters are doing, particularly when they start attacking the black church. And there's some vile statements out there from these people. They don't care. I don't, one guy said, I don't care what happened to those dead nine people in that church that that guy killed. It doesn't matter. Wow. And the president is there. It doesn't matter. We can protest in your church. Your church doesn't matter. These people will never go to their, to their daddy and their, and their, and their granddaddy's churches and protest. They won't do it. You, they, they just, they will not do it. They, and it goes back to something else I wrote that somehow the world's problems, when the world has a problem, a one it's the Democrats' fault, and because black people vote Democrat, it's black people's fault. As if we control the world over here, we can't even get into the right neighborhoods. We can't even get funding for our schools, right? We can't get the salaries on on par and equity with white men, but somehow. Black people are controlling the whole world, every war, everywhere. That people blame the black people and president for uh, Ecuador. Ecuador's falling into, into, into shambles right now. They're blaming that on black people and the president. Like, what the hell? Ecuador. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I had that much power, you better believe I'd be living on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's crazy when you think, like, when you put it in that perspective, it's crazy. It's, it's yeah, the, the, that religious angle is just is missing. So, yeah, I was really, I, I was so mad about that, that I haven't even written about it yet. Like, I usually write about current events and things like that. And I just, I'm just, I'm just letting it stew, letting it stew. And I may not write about it, right? I may not, but, I, you know, I may, but it was just so infuriating and, um, they're, like they're protesting that, but you, but you know what? They're not protesting. Donald Trump's lawyers are in in court right now. They argued yesterday and today that Donald Trump should be able to hire or tell Seal Team Six 
to kill, assassinate his political opponents, and he should, he should, nothing should happen to him. He should have that power. They literally said that in court that, yeah, he, he, he could not be prosecuted if he ordered his political opponent, opponents um, assassinated. And white people are just like, you know, Republicans like, oh, okay, well, like, why not protest that? He is telling you, he said, I'll be a dictator on day one. And I have to, and, and, and if I had a power to murder and assassinate my political opponents, I'm going to do it. And I will deport every Palestinian and I'm gonna round up all the Muslims, right? And and uh, Muslims and immigrants, right? He's saying this out loud, and we got people protesting black people in church. <laughs> My God! <laughs> My God is right. I, his lawyers are saying that. Yeah, they said it yesterday and today in court. He should have, he should he should have presidential immunity. And so when the judge said, they said he should not be he should not. He should have presidential immunity and cannot be charged with any crimes. He did it in office or after office. And the judge said, so if he if he asked SEAL Team 6 to murder, to kill his um, political opponents, he shouldn't be prosecuted. His lawyer's like, nope. And so look, look. So what that means, now can you imagine, sir, if President Obama said that? <laughs> like, I have the power to murder my political opponents. Like if he said that, like he would be, he would be so far underneath Guantanamo Bay. It, so, but you know, someone made a really good observation. So if you believe that, so you believe that President Biden can do that right now? So Donald Trump is his political opponent. Could he have ordered him murdered and he's immune from prosecution? He could do that right now. According to Donald Trump, that's what President Biden can do right now. And I just think the where we come as a country where that is being discussed in court as something that is debatable. I mean, does it surprise uh, us? Does it does it surprise us in any capacity? Uh, gosh, you know what? The day the day we get noticed that 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 guy OD'd on Adderall, man, I'm gonna celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Adderall. I mean. The compilation of items of when he talks to people and how he sounds, that alone should already make people think different. Like just yeah. the speeches that he does, it is, it's incredible. Right, right. I know, because you know what? Like, look, look, in our jobs, we've had to deal with a lot of people, the public and coworkers and stuff like that, large call centers and stuff like that. And and then in sales, you know, you're selling, whether it's on the phone or face-to-face, -face, you just have a lot of interactions with people and you size them up, you know, in those first couple of minutes and about 30 seconds of listening to Donald Trump, I go, he's a fucking idiot. Right. Right. He's an idiot. Like, I, I wouldn't even want to sell him anything. He's There's going to be more problems than me getting a sale. I, like, he's an idiot. Like, he's an idiot. But people just don't seem to see that. <laughs> it's incredible. I I just don't I don't understand how you could be that invested in somebody that doesn't clearly make sense. But then you know what I will say that when you talk to some of these people, you understand. You, yes, yes, and yeah, you know I, I guess 
I guess there are people, you know, whether it's religion or politics or sports or I don't movies, you know, this kind of stuff, you know, some, I guess there are certain people who latch onto a thing and that just becomes, you know, their entire identity. And so there are people who have latched onto Donald Trump and that's, he has become their identity. And if you, if you try to question them, it's almost like, I think this is one of the reasons people are saying it's like a cult. And I think that might be too harsh, but I, there's, there's similarities in that. And you can find these videos all, all in line, all the different social media apps and YouTube of just regular people interviewing Trump supporters and saying, well, what do you like about it? And they go, well, I like that he's, you know, he's good on business. You know, well, he, he's bankrupted 15 businesses. Um, what about business makes him good? And they said, well, okay, we're well, not that. Well, he says, he says, you know, he, he means what he said. He'll say, well, so he said that, you know, that immigrants are dirty in our blood. The blood, you know, they bring in dirty blood in the nation. And they said, well, he didn't really mean it like that. Well, he said, well, but I thought you said he, mean, he means what he said. Well, but not that. Um, well, you know, he's a good Christian. He, he never said he was a Christian. Well, but he is. He is no matter what you say, they have some rationalization. They twist and turn to make it okay because he has become their entire identity. And I guess when you attack a person's, when, when a person feels like their identity is attacked, they take it personal and they just lashed on them. Like I saw this lady, she, you know, one of the January 6th people and she, she's just um, starting to serve her sentence. And she was like, you know, the news that are really soft speech. She was there January 6th and they featured it. Oh, a mom has to report to jail and it's really sad. And her little interview is like, I have, I don't know, four kids, eight grandkids. I've had to wear this anchor bracelet. You know, they're just going to hold me hostage. And it was like, wait a minute, fucking lady. Like you stormed the Capitol. And video of her saying, you know, cops are animals, you know, steal rod or something like that and then they offered her home you know to stay home probation until her sentence and she broke that and she was still in line saying the election was cheating and fraud and they're like okay you gotta go serve you gotta go serve your four years you dumb dumb and then she's on tv saying it's not fair i'm just a mom i'm gonna be there for my kids like fucker didn't you think that before you went to the goddamn capital like I, like i don't feel sorry for you go to prison eat some uh, oatmeal and be as miserable as you can be for those four years. Maybe you learn your lesson, dumb dumb. <laughs> dumb dumb. I'm telling you, I don't know where it's that common sense conversation we always have. That common sense isn't so common. Um, yes. It's very similar to now. Like, look at well, we've all seen it. I mean, I don't know if I got through the entire list of names, but the Jeffrey Epstein list of people. Yes, yes. Ooh, a Cameron Diaz was on there. Oh God! You know, it, oh, there's some names on that. And so you know what's bad? I, I think, sir, for I think for most, not all, for most of the names on there, it's going to be a lesson of what many of our parents told us: don't associate with that person. That person. You can't. You. I mean, like, you're, I'm even if, you. Your even if we didn't do anything, you know, sometimes they meet one of your friends and go, "That's not a, that." Oh, sorry. It's that part, like what our many of our parents told us when they met, you know, one of our friends or a friend of a friend, and they later would say, "You shouldn't be about that that person. That person is a bad person." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's that kind of deal. Like, like 
I think some of those names on there would just be people like that, where because he was a philanthropist. And I think there'll be some names in there. People just caught up in that little circle, but maybe they weren't on that pedophile express to that island. But so I feel bad for those people. But the ones that were part of that sex trafficking deal, I hope they all go to prison. I don't care who they are. I want I want them all. I want them all to be exposed and all go to prison. Did we see that list? No, they have no. That list is not out there. Like they just been teasing. They really just released a list of people you know, who may have flown on his airplane, but that chartered airplane was just doing just regular chartered airplane stuff, like going to functions and fundraisers and political events. And it doesn't mean that everyone was on it was part of that sex trafficking deal. That's right. That's the bad part. Like it just, he was, he was wealthy and he was a, he gave, he was a philanthropist. He gave money to places to people in places. So he hobnobbed with all the big people. Now, some of those people were pedophiles like him, but they haven't distinguished who's who yet. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, there was a lot of people on there. And Cameron Diaz came out and said something. I don't I didn't even listen to what what she said. So uh you know that you know some of the, the names that's gonna be in it, particularly the women, like you said, Cameron Diaz and stuff. You know, you hear, remember when that Harvey Weinstein guy was out there, you hear these Hollywood women, like the way they were getting abused and pressured in the sex and stuff like that. And some of those names, it, you know, I, I'm going to feel really bad for some of those women in there because some of them are going to be like those Harvey Weinstein people. They're victims, but they were just in that world. Like you have, I don't want to say you have to, but, you know, I'm not going to condemn all the women in that because, some of those, some of those women just got caught up in that world and trying to get roles and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's gonna I, be, that's gonna be insane. I mean, that, that that's gonna be insane. Like, it's like, have you ever seen any of those TikTok videos about the the starlets and models that go to uh, Dubai? Yes. <laughs> we we can spend a whole show talking about <laughs> some of that stuff. Holy moly, some of that stuff. At first, I was just thinking, well, this is just like rumor, but man, I don't think so. That stuff is out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's insane. Like we are in this. There's that little meme or little gif or gif, whatever you want to call it, and it's a kid who's probably i don't know maybe 10 or 11 and he's got blonde a blonde bowl head haircut and he's looking around the room and the he says is this the land of make believe i literally <laughs> i literally feel like we are in some dystopia like i, I like if we had to sit back and read about what's happening today in the on the globe, like in the world, and we had to sit back and say we're it's three hundred years later, and we're sitting here thinking about reading what history has happened, would we just be like this can't be true? Yes, it just be yes because like you have okay, you have the super wealthy, right? You have the billionaires and all the all the crap that they're doing. And then you have the, you know, the the multimillionaires, and then you have the celebrities, right? Some of them, some of them are millionaires as well, and they all run in these little circles where they 
they interact with each other. And I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot of freaky drugs and sex in, in those circles. And it stands to reason that there's going to be a broker, right? Like Giselle Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein and Harvey Weinstein. Like those are brokers or pimps or whatever you want to call them that put, that put people together. Right. And, and with that kind of money and access, they're going to put people together who want to do things that society in general says um, is illegal, right? So whether it's drugs and history has shown that men who are unafraid of the law will often do things that, um, that involve underage children. Right. So boys and girls. And and let's be very clear. You can't have sex with an underage child. That's that's our APE. Uh, just because they cannot give consent. And I, I don't doubt that that some of that stuff is just very common. I don't doubt it's very common. And so the underage and you know what else I think, Jen? I think there are some of the underage girls and boys who then come up and then now they're in Hollywood or they're uh, or they're a singer or they're on TV, they they end up being other famous people um, because they, you know, they keep them in that world. And we found that out with Harvey Weinstein, oh. right? All those actors, actresses, you just find out that they were either blackballed if they didn't play the game, um, or if they did, they got they got choice roles and parts. It's awful. It's awful, like to think about how you you know what what people would say about us right. fast forward, just, just, the, I mean, we always know criminality was there. We always know that uh, racism was there. We now have, we now have social media that really showcases it and shares it and puts it. People can't be ignorant to what's right. happening. I think right. that's the, that's the biggest disconnect. And yet we all see it and, all we do now, there's not everybody. There are people that are advocates. They are, um, you know, protesting. Yeah, does have, yeah. yeah, they do have protesting our, 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 um, our, our representatives that get elected into office. Like there's a lot of goodness that comes out of it. But yeah. I think, I think lately what I'm seeing is how we are, it's like Wiley Coyote. And it's the pointing the fingers everywhere except at yourself. And yeah, that's 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 a that's a little bothersome to me. I and I think that's where I struggle because it's very similar to you and I having a conversation about people that scammers. So they spend so much time scamming, and they they're right. really good at it. They're super smart, and you think. Man, if you just applied yourself, maybe you could you could cure cancer. Like you you think right. that at that level, right? And so right. when I think about people and the passion that they have for everything going out in other countries, which is fine, but if they would just if they would sprinkle sprinkle some of that passion into our own issues, we could be better here. Yeah, no, I yeah, I, I totally agree with that. That that like I I, I don't think that the U.S. should not try to help other countries. Like you're just, we're just a citizen of the world like all the other countries, right? And it's okay to help. But at the same time, you know, there's some basic things that that we could do better. We know that. Like we shouldn't have as many homeless as we have. And the majority of those homeless 
are a women and children. And then the other majority of those homeless are military veterans. Like how is that possible when at every, you know, all, all these college football games a couple of weeks ago, there's military flyovers at the game, people cheering, waving their flags, all this kind of stuff. And then, I, you know, out in the city, you go, you know, all these home, all these veterans are homeless. Like it, it makes, it makes no sense. Or, you know, that, you know, we don't have a, enough social programs to help the mentally ill, yeah. you know, or I was just saying Republicans are voting against, you know, school lunches and school breakfasts and Mississippi, which, which is last, Mississippi is last, whatever category you think, right? Jobs, wages, healthcare, whatever category, Mississippi is last. And Mississippi just, I think it was today, just said, we're not going to accept any federal money to feed children over the summer. Yeah, we're not going to do it. Like, it's not even their money. They just said, we're not going to accept the money. This is not going to, like, there's no reason for that. Or you, there's just no reason for that. It, it, it's just, it's cruel. And we don't have to be cruel. And, and it's yeah. like, you know, you, people make jokes about how, like, when we were little, we were talking about, oh, we should be in flying cars by now. You know, they're like the Jetsons. Or, I don't know if I want to do that. But it seems like, you know, you were asking, like, what would people in the future say? They look back on us. You know, they might just look back and say, oh, from, you know, 1920, you know, to 2000, you know, to 2030, they really made no progress. It was just, it was this era. Nothing really changed. And you yeah. go, man, like, we're fighting for change, but we're fighting the same fights over and over. It just, and it, and at the, when you just... It's like we're mired in the muck and we can't go forward because we just can't, we can't get out of our own way, as, as the old folks say. <laughs> the old folks, speaking of old folks, um, <laughs> this is when I would insert a joke about you, but you know, you're not 60 yet. Um, <laughs> so God, it's been, you know, I go on, I go on, I, I did take a work trip on, on a trip on a train, which is really nice. So we didn't get a chance to catch up. So we, we always have a lot to say when we finally get to meet up, but I know we're coming to the end. Have you yes. watched anything on TV um, that you would recommend? So we talked about the bear. I'm trying to finish that. I just started on a share. A what? Yo, yo, series on um, her name. Um, she was in everything all at once, and um, uh, a bunch of movies. You're coming like, in, Hidden Dragon, Flying Tiger, whatever that movie was. But um, she has a series. Yeah, she has a series on Netflix that's it's really good. She's like the wife of a gangster family what back in, um, I think, Hong Kong. Uh, huh? What's it called? I'm trying to think of the name. Um, is it the Brothers Son or something? Yes. Uh, um, Brothers of the Sun. Brothers of the Sun. Okay, I saw yeah. that pop up on my feed. It's good? It's it's action kind of series. But yeah, it's, it's, I, I've only watched... I watched one episode. I'm halfway through the second. But it, yes, it, it is good. I, I'm enjoying it. Um, okay. And I always like my Marvel stuff. Echo is on um, Disney Plus. And it's only five episodes. And it leads to the reboot of Daredevil. So and you don't have to have watched all the other uh, Marvel shows to watch this one. It's just five episodes. Echo is a is a um, teenage girl, and she's just fighting like crime kind of stuff. So, um, and then uh, I'm almost. I just 
finished. Uh, or no, I'm one episode from finishing um, on Apple Plus on Apple TV. Uh, uh, Monarch of Monsters is so good. It's hard to explain what it is. I told you about it once before, but it's about you know Godzilla and King Kong, all these monsters and stuff, and it's just a different spin on it. But it's it's very good. So I'm almost finished with that, and then we just finished season two of The Gilded Age. Oh, it was good, huh? Yeah, oh, it's so good. So good. Oh, man, that's so good. And then, so we watched, um, and the Gilded Age is on HBO, and then we watched the first reunion for Salt Lake City, and it's 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 good. So, yeah, there's two more reunion episodes to go, and it's just, it's just very juicy. It's very meta, as they say, because you have Real Housewives, and you have some internet stuff happening, and it's just, it's juicy. It's juicy. Yeah, it's good. I'm I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, what you watching? Okay, so I am not. I stuck it through with "Fool Me Once." Okay. Oh, how can you not like that? It's so good. I, it was it was all right. Like I I immediately knew what was going on. Like there was no suspense to me. There was no like oh this is like no shocker. But you I know hate what? you. I I was like. Well, I guessed it like probably the fourth episode or third episode. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to say it because I'm not going to spoil it. But right. I couldn't get past the bad acting either. I thought the acting was terrible. Well, all right. <laughs> anyway, any whoosies. I'm also, I'm also watching Florida Man. Now, Florida Man's been on Netflix for a little while. I heard, you know, I follow this one woman on TikTok and I want to... I think her name is like Rock or jo like. Uh, oh, Jock. She goes, yeah. I love it. I love it. She goes, if you're looking for something to watch, and she puts her hand with those beautiful nails on her chest, she goes, I got you. <laughs> exactly. And so <laughs> she recommends a lot of shows that I've already watched or are thinking about watching. And she talked about Florida Man. And, you know, I am not that crazy about it, but it's a limited series. I think okay. I'm on episode five, so I'm going to finish it. I'll let okay. you know how that is. Um, the rest of the season of Found on Peacock. That oh, so, so wait, did you finish it? No, there's two. So the two new episodes just came. So they like they finished uh, it on a cliffhanger, took a little couple weeks off, and now I think the the season, the final episodes are coming. So I'll finish that again. It is very old school, 1990s, 2000 regular ABC show, but. You know what? I'm invested, okay. so I'm not gonna. Okay. I'm not gonna turn yeah. back on. Okay. Um, of course, I'm watching. We already talked about it. Salt Lake City, Real Housewives of of the OC or um, of Beverly Hills. So I'm yes. watching that. I also watched the movie No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, how was that? I, I, saw, I have it in my queue. I haven't watched it yet. Okay, so first of all, I thought it was really cute. But let me tell you something. Have you ever heard of the website called Mr. Skin? I have. I forgot. I I had forgotten about it, but yes, I remember okay. that from years ago. Yeah. So, Mr. Skin, for those of you to, that don't know, and this isn't, we're not a sponsor yet, but maybe, hey, one day, Mr. Skin has a team of people that will watch every movie and tell you at what second, what frame an actress or actor is new. <laughs> and along with like, is it full frontal? Is it side boob? Is it butt cheek? Like legitimately, he is 
the scientist of nudity <laughs> in movies. It's incredible. So I say that because for those of you that are fans of Jennifer Lawrence, I was shocked to see, because it does say graphic nudity, but Jennifer Lawrence, if those of you are interested, our male viewers, and you know what, maybe even our female viewers um, or listeners, that she is fully nude in a scene where she's fighting. What? Fully nude, like fully. Like she comes out of the water and she starts beating people up and she is nude. Now, I don't know if, there's no body double because her face and everything is part of it. So I am sure if anybody out there has Mr. Skin that they could know at what time exact frame that happened. But yes, she, I thought it was cute movie. Jennifer Lawrence to me seems like the girl next door with a really good personality, really funny, like her and Emma Stone always have good interaction. So um, mm -hmm. I thought it was cute. I, I thought it was good, predictable. You know, it's like one of those yeah. movies. Uh, you know, but she... I saw her in a movie once. She was like a Russian spy or something. And she was full nude in that movie. Oh, she was. Okay. So yeah. she, she's, she's mm -hmm. embracing her body. This was funny because mm -hmm. she was fighting nude. So that was just a funny thing to watch. But yes, if, you're, if you want to know if your actor or actress has been nude, in, and you, I think it's a paid subscription, though. I think you have to pay to mm -hmm. use Mr. Skin. But mm -hmm. that'll give you all the insights if you're interested in knowing when your favorite folks are new. Hey, I, I have a question about that movie. Um, wait, wait, what's the name of the movie? Um, no Hard Feelings. Okay. And that's on, is that on Netflix? That's on Netflix. And what minute of that movie is she nude fighting? I'm just asking for, <laughs> for, for the audience. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it was the halfway point. <laughs> But it's good. So, hey, if they get some more movie watches just because of this, then more power to it. But I thought it was I thought it was a cute movie. I think that on a side note that of all the streaming services, I think that Netflix has the best fast forward um, um, feature. Like you can see scene by scene. It's very easy. Whereas some of them, you don't see anything. It just forwards. You know what? God, I hate that. Like that's a, we have to add that to our list of things that we hate. I mean, because we're already coming yes. up on our hundredth episode, so we yes. are going to go balls to the wall. With we're going to go. Uh, yes, I hate that. That you are watching something and you have to like just hope that you fast forwarded it not yes. too far or not too little. It's a pain yes. in the ass. You're so it, it, right. it, it, it is a pain in the ass. Okay, I'm also watching Reacher. I forgot about that Reacher oh, uh, on good. Amazon Prime. And I watched a movie on Amazon Prime called Foe, F-O-E. It's yeah. sort of like a slow burn sci-fi. I don't think you would like it, but it's pretty good. It's called Foe, F-O-E on uh, Amazon. And uh, But Reacher, Reacher is very good. I tried Reacher. It just seems a little more male, like good for it the is. male it's audience. Just, it's, just, it's just like fighting. And it, that's all. It's just, it's dumb. It's just okay. fighting and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, the Equalizer 3 with Denzel, that just came out on uh, Netflix as well. And it is more brutal than the first oh. two Equalizers. It is brutal. Damn, look at Denzel taking out his yep. frustrations. You also mentioned, because you were talking with our friend Margaret, that you guys watch Fargo. Now, is this Fargo based off like the Fargo, South, South Dakota Fargo? It is. And so there was a movie made back in the either early 2000s late 90s about it's just a random little movie about it was set in fargo right some cr low level criminals and it's just it was like a bloodbath well 
years later they make this series they go back in time in fargo and it's just a season of all the stories are sort of the same it's like a lot of like weird little characters who intersect and it all ends up very violent it just it all ends up just like really violent but it's just regular like homeowners or small business owners and stuff like the farmers and stuff like this and then each each successive season is a new group of people so so you get you know like i think the first season of fargo was like when the first like like the german you know it was germans there or scandinavians and they were like gangsters and then eventually the iris came and they were the gangsters and it's each season and then like Italians came and they were the gangsters and then now you're like into the 60s and, and then by the 60s and 70s and black people moved in and then they were the gangsters you just follow this one little city as it's changing and you have these different characters of gangsters and every season ends up the same it just turns into a bloodbath somehow and it's sort of it's sort of drama but it's also sort of a comedy because of how things how all these things inter interact and so now this most recent season it's up. It's like 2019, and it's just a family just doing some weird stuff, and it it's just going to end up violent. And it's, it's but it's not it's not hard drama. It's it's comedy drama. Do you have to watch every season? Nope, you don't at all. They're so all they just, they're all yeah. different. Yeah, the only the only way to connect the seasons is like. In season one of each new season, you just see the handover from one group to the next group. But it's like it's like a two minute scene. It, it it's no big deal. Oh, uh, and so it, was Chris Rock in one of those? Yeah, he was in the he was in Fargo. I think it was probably season three. He was with the Black Gangsters when they took over. Oh and my so, god! Okay, yeah. so maybe I'll start on season three. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's it's it's. I think you would call it like absurd comedy more than okay. more than more than drama, but but man, the way people die, the way it happens, because there's always just some some clownery, like some guy or some family thinks they could do something and they just get caught up in a mess and then they all get killed or something. You know, it's just okay. crazy stuff. But yeah, it, it's I I just started this season. It's pretty good. It when where do you see that? Where do you watch it? Uh it's on Hulu. Okay. Okay. Oh, child, we got a we covered a lot today. We covered a lot. We covered a lot. And so, what episode are we at? Eighty eight, eighty nine. I feel like we're at like eighty. I want us maybe eighty nine because you did that one by yourself. I mean, I'm not gonna say anything, but um, I feel like we are. Let me look. I'm gonna look really quick because okay. I don't want to miss out on. We usually start. Usually, um, when Ilian does the voice memo like email for us mm -hmm. and she sends it to us, it usually has what title it is in the like what show it is. So I have to look at your invite, but I think I feel like it's it must uh, be it's got to be eighty eight or eighty nine. I think we just did. You did. Um, let's see. Okay, 88 was last week. So we are 89, like the year I graduated high school. That's <laughs> that is amazing. I'm so, like they say on The Bachelor, I'm so happy to be on this journey with you. <laughs> Sir, wait a minute. I know we got to go, but I watched The Golden Bachelor Wedding. Oh, I forgot that that was on. How was that? <laughs> it was pretty cheesy, but it was also sort of cute because 
Um, one of the re- one of the rejected women was the officiant, uh, so she did it, and then and then a couple of the other uh, rejected women were like the co-hosts and things like that. It was pretty cute. Wow. Okay, so I don't re- that didn't even like pop up on my uh, Hulu, but actually I haven't been on Hulu for a little while, so it's probably sitting there for me to watch. Yeah, yeah, check out. I mean, you could probably skip like the first half and. I don't know. It's just it's sort of cute, but it, I mean it's fluff TV, but it is pretty cute. Okay, all right. So I'll I, I'll based on your recommendation and Margaret, I'll probably start watching Fargo like season three. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that that'll work. Wow, what a what a good catch up with you. A lot of good yes. stuff we're talking about. We're pro- now we can talk about it's twenty twenty four. It's a year of an election, so we will Ooh. be talking a lot about politics. Over the coming months. So. Yes, here we go. We're going to deep dive some stuff. Maybe we'll get like some candidate stuff, like the whole deal. I love that. I did want to talk about, I think it was St. Paul, Minnesota. Like their whole, um, their. Yes, their city council. City council is all female. All women. The whole the whole deal. And I was like, oh, they are doing it in, in, uh, doing in it, Minnesota. Man. Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look them up and see like what, see what they do and see how that works out. Because I, I you. I used to, I know a lady who used to be the mayor of Minneapolis. Shut up. Yeah, I know. And you know what? And we follow each other online, but I met her when I, back when I lived in Iowa and I was visiting um, Wisconsin. I was visiting my, I was visiting my uncle in Wisconsin. He was in school there and she was in school there and she was one of his friends. And so we all just became friends, just kept in contact. And I sort of lost contact because, you know, whatever. And I looked up one day and she was the mayor of Minneapolis. That is insane. <laughs> and you still follow each other on social media? Yeah. Yeah. And every now and then she'll comment on a little thing, you know, yep, she's the ex-mayor. I, I don't know if she still lives there, but yeah, really cool lady. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. All, all women. Really amazing to like to see that. And so that must mean that um, that's this is what I think it was uh, uh, Will Farrell that said it's about time women take over because we've had this long enough. And we're not doing a good job. (laughs) I agree completely. (laughs) Like, you're not doing a good job, gentlemen. Let the women take it from here. Exactly. All right. So have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. Peace out. Bye. Peace out. Bye. Love this podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Visit the episode description to find out how you can connect with the hosts on social media. Voice Memos is a production of Dear Dean Publishing. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without consent.